2: Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is Talksport Daily. Hello,
3: happy Friday, my friends, and welcome, of course, to the Anne Goldstein Talksport Euro Daily podcast. And guess what? The Euros begins today. So we start with Jaden Sancho, who has been speaking to our England correspondent Faye Carruthers ahead of the first game of the Euros, of course, which for England is on Sunday against Croatia, live on TalkSport. He discussed his Dortmund teammate, Jude Bellingham, whether playing in Germany is a hindrance when it comes to an England starting spot, and also the speculation surrounding his future.
1: Um, I don't really look at it, you know, when I'm during the season, I always focus on myself and the team, because that's the most important thing that we can do, and... You know, every time I'm on the pitch, I always give him my all and obviously try to create what I do on the pitch, and that's with goals and assists. So that's what I really try to do, and just always work hard for the team. Hey Jude, don't make it bad.
2: I know there's only four years between you, but is mm. it fair to say you, you've been a bit of a mentor to him?
1: I would like to think so, obviously, because we're both English and, you know, we came over to Germany, and probably I was the only guy that he probably knew that in the England squad at the time, and... Um, yeah, I'd would, I would like to say he's my little brother. Yeah, me and him have a good relationship and, you know, he's just a nice lad to be around and, you know, it's always nice to have someone from England over in Germany to talk to, so it's nice.
2: And then he's played in towards the far post and put in beautifully by Jaden Sancho, who scores on Wembley turf for the first time in his career. I was going to say, you kind of go under the radar a little bit when, when you're playing out in Germany. Mm. Is that a
1: hindrance or a help, would you say? No, I, th- I think that's normal because obviously English, the Premier League, you know, is the most probably the most watched league in, in the world. So, you know, me being in Germany is obviously... All the German spectators will be watching German football, so I think that's a bit normal. But um, yeah, I've just been playing with my game, you know, me and Jude, just been being focused on, you know, trying to win things for Dortmund. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy that we won our first major trophy um, together, especially with him. That was, that was a nice moment, you know, two English lads um, doing well abroad. So yeah, very nice moment for our families. On to a few
3: former England players, we'll hear from Glenn Johnson, Tony Cotty and Dean Ashton. But first up, it's Lee Dixon who thinks the three Lions have a reason to think they can win the Euros, don't be
1: stupid. It's fun getting to that carried away stage where we can dream big and all of that. I mean, the preparation, like for all the clubs with what's going on with Covid and all of that, and the the length and intensity of the seasons the players have got, we can make all those excuses Mm. and we can get to a point where as soon as this tournament starts, everybody starts to think they're going to win it.
2: other countries laugh at us when we (laughs) act the way that we do and just dismiss teams like the Czech Republic like we're just going to beat Croatia. Croatia are an unbelievable side. World Cup finalists still a lot of them players in the squad huge amount of experience yet because we've got some fantastic exciting young players we automatically just think we're just going to roll over these teams it's going to be tough. Kane 2-1 to England stoppage time they surely have the victory
4: we've always had the individuals and I think there's, a, there's an argument for saying this is a really group, group of individuals that we've got going into this current tournament can we play as a team is the question that they've got to answer you know obviously Gareth has got to pick the right players to play in that team but I'm excited I'm genuinely excited I think we've got some top young players and you know I think if we can get off to a, a good start we haven't got too much to fear you know especially with the games being at Wembley
1: right back which was your position England can't get enough of them at the moment yeah no you're right yes yeah, It's weird, it's like red buses, isn't it? You know, that you wait for a good one for a while and then all of a sudden you get two, three or four. So it's obviously going to be a bit of a headache for for Southgate, but, you know, you'd rather have... It's a good headache. You know, you'd rather have good players to pick from than just be able to pick from one. So it's a good problem. If we
4: don't win this tournament, right... It's not going to be because of our frontliner. It's going to be because defensively we're yeah, not. What do you mean if we, we don't didn't.
3: win it, we're not going to win it? We might stinks. Oh come on, every it tournament. stinks. Get real, man. Stinks. Jay stinks. It might. Jay, why? Why do you say that? We might I said. I didn't say we will. No, we won't.
4: We might. We won't. Is it impossible?
3: Yes. <laughs> we have the same conversation, and and I've never because you and I didn't do a radio show in 1966. I've never been proved wrong.
4: No, and it's you know your chances are you're do you probably think we can right. Win it? i think we have a chance yeah
3: honestly you're blinded by love
4: i think we have a puncher's chance we don't know what this long season has done to other countries right we've got no idea and we saw some really odd results throughout the season we saw some strange results your mob got spanked my mob got spanked there's been some really strange results and performances this season right and who knows it may just what i say to you football's drunk right i said that to you this time last year football's drunk and it it's not even sober yet we might find out the football is that drunk. England win the Euros. What about Greece?
3: Now, Wales' Ben Davies and Dan James have been speaking to TalkSport's Nigel Adderley ahead of Sunday's Euro 2020 Group A opener against Switzerland. Live, of course, on TalkSport. We're here from Jimmy James Surely, but first, this is Davies on how far they can go
1: in this tournament. Yeah, I think in 2016 we had no expectations. It was uh, it was little old wheels turning up at a big tournament and seeing where we got to, but you know, I think we played well in qualifying. We've played well since. We won our group in the Nations League, so there's definitely some expectation there. I think, first of all, our aim has to be to get out the group. That has to be our target, and after that then it's tournament football and anything can happen. gotta enjoy it. As I said it's it's such an, a big an occasion and you, you can't let that get to you. Uh, we've just got to go into it with full enjoyment just like they did with the last tournament and I'm sure a lot of people back home didn't expect us to get that far but we did and that's going into every game believing that we can win and just I mean just enjoying that.
3: Now Scotland and Hibernian striker Kevin Nisbet has been speaking ahead of their Euro 2020 opener against the Czech Republic on Monday afternoon. He said it was an honour to go to a tournament representing his country.
1: Especially the players we've had over the past 23 years. It's been a shame of have not been able to qualify but we've got a great group here and a really, really strong squad and we've managed to go and do that and it's about putting a marker down now. What he got off get starting any tournament and any match you play in so it'll be full focus in the Czech game and how we're going to uh, try and beat them. I, th- I think you need to go into every game uh, I think you can win. Now the France World Cup winner Emmanuel
3: Petit has told TalkSport how he celebrated winning the trophy way back in 1998 after he scored in the final and he's also warned his home nation of their potential weakness at this tournament.
5: The major weakness for this team is the team himself uh, because um, if they right too, too confident with a little bit of arrogance that could be you know the main trouble you know they can meet and um this is something that we have to live, you know, uh, as a French sport, uh, a sportman, We always like that. We, we know that we have talent, but we know that uh, if we believe too much in ourselves, that could be the problem as well. So, but we still have weakness, especially in defense, even if uh, it's quite difficult to score against us. But I mean, on the set pieces, on the on free kick, on the counter attack, on the, on the position of the ball as well. And on top of it as well, if you put the intensity, if you put a bigger straight mantles you know on the pitch that could be uh, difficult for some players as well because we used to get the ball all the time and uh, we don't know what could happen if we meet a team that can control the ball and when you look at the first game next next week we play against Germany mm. oh of course Germany they are in transition actually but it's still Germany Emmanuel Petit three the World Cup belongs to France you know, beside the dressing room, we have a big room where we can warm up before the game, and um, we used to go there. You know, some a few. Just a few players and after the game, just to enjoy, just to rest, you know, in peace for at least uh, 30 minutes in silence, no, talks, no talking, nothing at all. Just watching the world, smoking a cigarette. I know it's hard to understand for some people <laughs> and I and I still believe it's not good for a football player to show that kind of message. But uh, this is the way we were back in the day. So the manager and the staff accepted it and the players as well. But uh, we always did that, you know, in the respect of the group all the time.
3: Now to talk sports Jose Jose Mourinho On his home nation Portugal The holders Of the Euros And their chances Of winning it again
2: and, uh, From distance has scored The deadlock is broken In the 109th minute It's the cue From Pitch invasion from the Portuguese players
0: itself. No, they are European champions, they are going to fight to, to keep the crown and they have the potential for that. But uh, not being pessimistic, because I'm never pessimistic, I try to be always very pragmatic and realistic. We have three qualification matches away of home. It's not neutral, it's not like we play France at Wembley or we play uh, Germany at Old Trafford. We play France in Paris, we play Germany in Munich, and then we go to, to Budapest to play Hungary. so we don't have one single match at home. It's an incredible difficult group for us, and we have to make sure that we go through that group phase because that would be the most difficult thing.
4: What a header that is for Ruben Diaz, coming in at the far post.
0: I think Ruben Diaz is the best centre-back in the world now, maybe. There are other, of course, very, very good, but uh, I would say that Ruben, with this step, to the Premier League is getting a different level of, of knowledge, of experience, of, of competitiveness. I think he's a fantastic center back. then lots of talented players in attack. Of course, Christiano is not a kid anymore. I believe probably also is less is Euro after being European champion. I believe that he's going to try everything to succeed for less time. Now on to domestic
3: issues, and there are reports that Everton are potentially looking to replace Carlo Ancelotti with Rafa Benitez. However, Simon Moni Moni Jordan made it pretty clear that Rafa is not an elite manager.
4: I mean, ultimately, he's had some very interesting results in his time at Liverpool and done some great things. But his career now is on a different trajectory. Elite doesn't mean historically elite. It means you are at the top of your game at the moment you're being employed. Now, people will argue and the Newcastle fans will take in their particular brand of outrage about me observing upon Saint Rafa that he is indeed elite. But he didn't arrive at Newcastle because he was elite. He arrived at Newcastle because the options available to him were Newcastle United getting relegated that season, going into the Championship and coming back up again. And his options that have been available to him is to go somewhere for a a vast amount of money rather than a meaningful football club. So I don't think they quite get an elite manager. I think they get a very capable operator. It's a great club. Obviously there's some history of managing the biggest rival that Everton have being Liverpool and obviously some comments he's made about Liverpool. But yes, I think after he departed to China for the integrity of one of the best leagues in the world and a big bag of money, I can actually understand him coming back and seeing an opportunity at Everton. He's a good manager. He's a very, very good manager. There's no doubt about it. I just don't like the way he operates.
3: Now, Celtic's new manager has said that becoming Celtic's new manager, I'm not going to even try and pronounce his name, is one of the greatest honours in football. The Greek-born former Australia boss has been appointed on a 12-month rolling contract. This was Rangers legend Ali McQuist's reaction to the appointment of the new Celtic manager on breakfast. And Shipposikoglu.
4: I'm just... Pleased for you That you finally got it sorted out You're a yeah, liar You're lying again I can see you smiling it, it was I mean the whole Eddie Howe thing I was I had a bit of sympathy for you To be quite frankly I, I could see the pain I'm, in sure face did. I'm sure you I'm sure you Every Thursday morning And Friday morning I mean Let's not kid ourselves on That man's got a job in his hands. I think the first thing he's going to do will agree terms with Leicester for Edward's exit and there might be one or two others going with Edward. So he's got a big job in his hands, the man, and I wish him nothing but nothing.
3: Well, that, my friends, is all we have time for on this last podcast. Before, of course, it's a podcast that looks back at Euro results. Tonight, let me tell you about the first game that kicks off the whole tournament. It's, of course, live on TalkSport from 7pm, and you can hear commentary of Turkey against Italy. That's it. Thanks for listening on TalkSport app, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm back on my show, Andy Goldstein's Drive Time Show. We're doing an OB, as it's known in the trade, which stands for Outside Broadcast. Yeah, we're doing that from a restaurant, an Italian one, for obvious reasons. We both like pasta. Me and Darren Ben, from 4 o'clock. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport Euro Daily Podcasts out first thing in the morning, building up to Wales against Switzerland. And a reminder that because it's the Euros, the daily Euro podcast is now actually daily, seven days a week, would you believe? And I'll be doing all the links for them, unless, of course, I'm out on a Saturday night and in which case someone else would do them so if I'm not doing them you know I've had a good night or a bad one but either way I'll be drunk or be drinking not too much because uh, too much alcohol is bad for your kids anyway thanks for listening thanks for downloading until then have a great day be safe everyone be safe that was a podcast from Talk Sport.